Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 52, where we're going to talk about how much sharing is too much sharing. What's going on, Martina? This is going to be a solid hour of how you get asked all the time for tips and tricks. And I'm just going to be saying, uh-huh, yep, that sucks, uh-huh. It's been a popular thing in the last couple of weeks, which is why I was like, this could make a good episode. <laughs> Oh, I do feel like saying, too, that this may be our last episode because I may meet you in a few days and decide I don't like you. So everyone that's listening, enjoy what might be the final episode. What if I meet you and don't like you? It could go either way. That's a strong possibility. <laughs> I told you I'm not a very I'm not a very nice person. And I think this episode might reveal that, too, when I'm saying you need to be a little bit more cutthroat. People not, might not like me as much. So for when or for what we're talking about is AWFS. Which, what does that even stand for? I will Google it while you give more details. It's basically like a woodworking convention here in uh, Las Vegas. And it's the Association of Woodworking and Furnishing Suppliers. How are you faster than me? I Googled AWFS. Mine's still loading. Anyway, so we will be there the day, well, I will be there the day this comes out. So if anyone happens to be listening and you're there, come say hi. I will be there Friday and Saturday, hopefully. Friday for sure. So yeah, if you want to meet up at the show, let us know. We're also having a meetup after the show on Friday at 6 p.m. The 19th. On the 19th. You can meet us in the real life. Yes. And if you need the address, it is on my Instagram. So at Maker Experiment, it's going to be a post that looks like the city of Las Vegas, and it has the address on that. Perfect. So We will be there. Come say hi. Yes, that'll be fun because it's supposed to have a bunch of woodworking tool companies, suppliers, things like that. And I think it only happens every two years. I'm not sure. I think the last one was in 2017. Okay, it should be fun though. But I'm only going because I live here. I am going because it's on the West Coast kind of, but it's driving distance for me. It's actually affordable, unlike WorkbenchCon, and I get to stay in Vegas for free. So hopefully I do meet some good connections while I'm there though. Yep. I think it'll be fun. It should be. It'll be cool. I mean, I'll be there, so it should be good. <laughs> well, you just said that you're... <laughs> you may be the reason the podcast ends, so who knows? Well, originally I said it would be because of you. You blamed me, so... Yeah, but we all know it'd be you. <laughs> if anyone knew, like... Not that anyone I know personally listens to this, but they probably all agree if they did. <laughs> I have a strong personality, so it's not everyone's cup of tea, but that's okay. You don't have to like me. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Yeah, that's true. It just, our dynamic on this thing might change. We might have to take a couple weeks off to, like, recoup. Like, oh man, I met Martina. I need a couple weeks of a break. I need to remember, or need to forget what that person is like in real life, so we gotta take a couple weeks off. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> 
So what are you working on? Uh, absolutely nothing. I have not gone out in my shop for six days now, I think, and it's been wonderful. Because of the birch incident? Well, because it's completely contaminated. So I did go out long enough to grab something and come back in and start wheezing. So oh, man. how to get it all clean and decon, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be physically capable of it. But my next client is the same client I just built the entertainment center for. And I told him, don't call me for two weeks. So we're on week one of that. And it's been amazing. I bought a Nintendo Switch and I've played so many video games this week. And I feel so decompressed and relaxed. It's awesome. And then next week I'll be in Vegas for the show. Sometimes you need that week of decompression. I haven't posted on Instagram. I haven't done stories. I haven't cared. I'm on there to use it like as an instant messenger and chat with my imaginary friends. And I like it. That's right. We won't be imaginary friends anymore. I know. It's so weird. Well, it's kind of limbo. We're like, we're not imaginary friends now because of the podcast thing. I know. But you're like still half an imaginary friend because I only ever see your head. I'm an imagine friend. From like the neck up. What's that? I'm an imagine. Friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The I think the conference will be fun. I think that'll be interesting. The it's it's one of those things. Like, do we share things while we're there? Like, do we story the conference? Do we make a video of the conference or the convention? Let us know because I need to know this. See, I feel like when I'm by myself, I can story and interact just fine and be animated and kind of myself but I still am not that comfortable like walking around with my phone recording myself out in public I, and that's I don't think I can do that at the well, imagine taking a DSLR and doing that I think that a lot of people are okay with that and they don't care but I still don't want people to look at me while I'm doing that or you care what other people think I get, it's more like embarrassment I guess not that I care that's just like it makes me feel like uncomfortable well that and I don't know the some conventions have rules against filming, so I don't know if this one does. I don't know. Like, I'd rather just take it in versus, like, videoing it, I guess, if that makes sense. Well, if I videoed it, I'd probably video Saturday when I've already been through the show. Yeah. And then I could highlight the places that, like, I think people would want to see. So the question to people, the listeners, is do we make a video of AWFS, or try to, at least, or do we story it? So let us know. Does anybody even care? Yeah, or do you care? Which if they don't, they're not going to message us anyway. So It's really funny because every time we always ask questions, no one messages us. I'm, we need a little bit more engagement from you guys. We'd appreciate that. Message us if you think that Martina and I are going to continue the podcast after AWFS. We'll see if anyone even has made, like, they're like, it's seven minutes in. They're not talking about anything. We've dropped off. Yes. Dunsky. Well, back to what we're working on, I guess. So what are you working on? Tearing up my shop, literally. This is your happy news to report back to me. This was your homework assignment. You're, you're following through. So I ripped out like ninety five percent of the drywall that was in my garage. What's which wrong with wasn't 5%? like it wasn't fully drywalled. It was it was weird. There were patches of drywall in weird spots. Like one wall had like two panels. One wall had one. The ceiling had like two. That's what it would be like if I drywalled my garage. Yeah, it was it was like a piece of drywall over the electrical box, a piece of drywall on like one random wall, and then a piece of drywall where the garage door opener outlet is. I wonder if it was like bare minimum to get it up to code to sell it I don't know. or something like that. You know what I mean? Where I'm not sure. But then there was drywall on the wall that's like adjacent to the house that meets the house. 
So that entire wall is drywalled. So that's the wall that took the most time ripping everything out. And the only reason there's some left up is because I haven't figured out how to get the garage door opener off of the drywall. Mm-hmm. And then there's a light that I need to figure out how to take down and not electrocute myself and then rip out the drywall. That'd be bad. But I took down my lumber rack, ripped out the drywall behind that, and then I have the A-frame part of the drywall that leads to my attic. I need to get a lumber rack. I want the Bora lumber rack. I think it would That's help what I save some space in my limited space. And then I have the quotes for insulation. So in Vegas, they gave me quotes for cellulose insulation which is like the torn up newspaper looking type of insulation and then the open cell spray foam which is it's good for like an airtight seal and noise dampening but if you want like a moisture barrier they say you need closed cell but they said that's not an issue where we are so open cell is what they recommend but the cost difference was five hundred dollars so it's about fourteen hundred bucks to get the cellulose and then it's nineteen hundred bucks to get the open cell spray foam like 19 and some change and then like regular batting insulation was about a thousand dollars so it's kind of like if you're planning to be here for you know a few, quite a few years like five plus years probably do the foam so now That's what i would do i'm going through that process of uh, i'll probably get one more quote just to make sure that the pricing's not like weird in some way like that at least the other person comes in around the same ballpark and then the do the insulation then i'm going to get drywall and then try to organize my shop into a good flow you should sound a little bit more excited about that though but it's daunting like it's so much but it'll be i think this you're doing what everyone wishes they could do right now well part of it's out of necessity right but everyone kind of just like moves into their house moves into their shop whatever and like this is good enough for now but you're actually going to take the time and set it up so you have good workflow that it looks aesthetically pleasing that it's functional because it's insulated this is exciting stuff so the reason it has to be is because of the laser that makes sense so this isn't like a person well it is a personal comfort thing but that wasn't the driver it was the machine because it has operating temperatures that it has to be within so that's part of it looking into getting like a mini split or something in there too so it's air conditioned right now i'm gonna add like the styrofoam insulation to the garage door but the next upgrade if we're gonna be in the house for like 10 years is probably an insulated garage door because it faces the sun the Mm -hmm. the sun beats on the garage door so my garage can be like 120 when it's 105 it it gets pretty hot so that's the other investment i'm looking at making if i'm in it for a long time is to insulate or have a insulated garage door put in which is about 1800 dollars. jeez yeah because they, they basically rip out all of your existing garage door stuff and then put in all new garage door stuff. But it, they say it's supposed to decrease the temperature 20 to 30 degrees. That's pretty significant. Yeah, which because of the laser, again, that can mean the difference between losing my warranty or not. Right. So something for people to think about. Or even running it since it got so hot the other day that it overheated and wouldn't even work. Which would have happened with anybody's. Like it was, I think the temperature of the machine was in excess of 100 degrees. It was way too hot. And it had been running for like an hour before it needed to cool down a little bit. So that's what I'm up to is shop. And I do have a couple orders finally that I need to work on. Nice. So those are designed 
material material for one came in yesterday so i'll make that over the weekend material for the other comes in next week and then one of my fraternity brothers from back in the day works for a company and he's in charge of like their SEMA booth and he said I'm gonna this is what I have in mind I'm gonna try to go through you for certain parts of this to help bring you business so if that works out that would be awesome that's cool so yeah that's what I'm hoping for is that he'll bring me some business that's cool because they're looking at and he's talking like letters because they're gonna I think they're gonna park like a car on top of this platform and they want the platform to have their company name in like big letters so hopefully I can get that that'd be cool and he's gonna try to hook me up with one of the local people in town that builds the booths for companies for SEMA and see Mm -hmm. if they could use like laser services so we'll see into the topic How much sharing is too much sharing? You would think that we hadn't been talking for an hour before we started recording. Sometimes we just catch up more than other weeks. So here's the thing. Do the listeners like that it's more conversational and we kind of bring the topic in? Or when it's like regimented and outlined? I have no idea. We ask for feedback all the time. No one gives us the feedback. They just say good episode. Whether or not they like that is different, I don't know. And if you don't, we're going to keep doing what we want. How about that? I think that's the point of having our own podcast is do what you want. So with how much sharing is too much sharing. So this this came up for a couple of reasons. People constantly ask me questions about how I do things. And then I thought about making a YouTube video, reached out to a friend of mine, and they're like, we don't want to share that because we've spent years trying to figure it out. And it dawned on me like, okay, should I be more hesitant with what I share? Or is it better to be fully open and willing to share things like there's certain things i don't want to share but it's mostly design related like i'll share like how a tool works but i don't want to say this is exactly how you design the signs that i do because then that's like the only thing that sets me apart like yeah you could figure it out but it's going to take you some work to figure out i'm gonna have an overshare moment and we talked too long before this episode and now i have to take a break because i gotta go to the bathroom you're killing me <laughs> you are killing me <laughs> Dude, I've been up since 5.30. I've had like three cups of coffee. I've had a couple bottles of water. Okay. Hold, please. Enjoy this recess. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. One that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Did you fail to dress up for tonight's show? No tie, an old shirt and slacks, a house dress? Well, don't give it a thought. We're glad you came as you are. We just want you to enjoy yourselves. Don't forget to visit our refreshment center during the intermission or any time. You love the tasty array of snacks we have to offer. So will the youngsters. Everything is quality and mm -hmm, so good. We hope you'll make this a weekly visit. Bring the family. Bring your friends. Okay, now I'm ready. (laughs) Wait, I can't hear you. I'm back. Oh, okay. I was waiting for you and I muted my mic. I did that too, so I started talking to you and you couldn't hear me. Okay, now. <laughs> so, the issue that I run into is, so, in mine, since I do laser engraving and cutting, I guess it's easier to, I guess, rip stuff off. See, yeah, I think our perspective on this is completely different because if someone's reaching out to me for advice or help it's not like mine is preventing me from getting business my advice or whatever Mm -hmm. me saying oh this type of joint will work best for what you're doing or this type of finish will work best for that like indoor outdoor use or anything like that but I feel like with your world laser settings or 
this is use this template method or anything like that, I feel like could totally prevent you from getting business. So that, I think like, especially with the questions you've been getting lately, like, hey, I need help designing this file. Do all this work for me, but I'm going to get paid. So that one was the best. People, I think, over ask for your help. I've had a couple that are just stellar. So I've had one that was asking me if I could show them one of my submissions for a business sign and because they needed to make one and they needed to know how to do it i was like so you want to see well for one i don't do submissions like normally if i get a sign the company usually reaches out to me and says hey we'd like a sign and i just give them like a 2d mock-up of what it'll look like and that's kind of so this is what triggered this right so it's kind of do like obviously i just said i don't do submissions like i don't have anything that would even help you even if i could i don't have stuff so that's the question is in this case i probably would not have shared that because i would have said something along your lines i put a lot of work into doing this to help you get business and not me (laughs) right so it's it's a difficult line it'd be like you giving a complete 3d rendering of what you want to another person and then that person using your work or your information and just swapping a couple things out and then getting work from your hard work over the years yeah because they're basically hiring you're basically doing the graphic design for them you should be getting paid a fee i would think at that point and that makes sense. That case, I that's probably one where I wouldn't have shared it anyway. This is something that I figured out over the last four years. Like, I'm not against helping people, but that's something I can't really share. Mm-hmm. I'm already struggling enough to get business as it is. But then there's the cases of, oh, that's a cool nightlight. Where'd you get the acrylic base or the light base? Like I've told people where I get them from, but that's the question. Like, Do I not even share that? That's the hard part because you're competing with all these other laser owners or whatever that are selling their stuff on Etsy that are underpricing their stuff because it's just, you can't even call it a side hustle. It's just a hobby that they happen to break even on cost wise. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they don't make money at all. That is so frustrating because it's almost like you don't want to let them know where you get the supplies because you don't want them to go sell everything for cost and then no one wants to go through you so you have to decide if you want to be a jerk and not share it or hope that because you have your skill honed in people are going to go with your work instead because it's a little bit more professional since you're not just trying to break even you're trying to make profit off of it and this is the whole argument right because no matter what people can figure out where i got the stuff if they spend the time to do it right So I've never really been hesitant about sharing things like that. It's like, well, where'd you get that material? Well, it's from such and such a place. Like, if you look hard enough, and if if you're already a laser owner, you already know this supplier anyway. So it's kind of like, I'm not really telling you anything I wouldn't think would be new. So it's kind of difficult, I guess, for me in general, just to be like, okay, yeah, I get it here. So does that earn me, like, goodwill with people because they might spread the word that I'm helpful? Or does that just lead me to more people wanting to know exactly what i do i think they want to know exactly what you do (laughs) i've had people flat out ask you send me some of the screenshots of the questions you get asked and it's so insane to me because it's basically like hey build this for me i got it and then i'll sell it to the client and thanks for all your help yeah i don't know if it's because your account is bigger and you have more people approaching you because you have more of an audience or what but i feel like i don't get those kind of questions i get like hey what finish like what do you use for your cutting boards or something like that and walrus oil so i've gotten like what kind of primer do you use for mdf which somebody told me actually lizzie told me which primer that she used i've been trying it 
and I liked it, so then I started using it too, so I don't have a problem sharing that, because it's not proprietary by any means, but the whole process of how I paint and stuff kind of is, but with my sign kits, I divulge part of that, but not, not all of it. Like I say, you know, it's recommended that you do this but then there might be one little thing that I do differently that makes my finish just that much better so it's kind of one of those things where if it's materials or things like that I have no problem sharing if people are saying what is that well it's acrylic or it's MDF or whatever but then you get people when I release the sign kits and somebody said oh that's a great idea do you mind if I use that idea and sell them in Canada that I think is like I know at some point, we'll all, you know, start to cross paths with our creativity and everyone's designs will start to look similar and everything. Mm -hmm. But I haven't seen anyone else do the flat pack DIY sign thing yet. I hadn't either. So it was really crappy that as soon as you released it, you already had someone stealing it. I felt that that one was a little, how do I, how do I put this, like direct about it? <laughs> like they didn't even try to hide it. Right, and they asked you with a statement that they were going to take that idea, basically, because it wasn't like, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about doing this, but I'm only going to sell it in Canada, blah, blah, blah. It's, I'm going to start doing this, and I'm going to swoop in on your market as well. Well, I basically told them, like, I ship worldwide, like, I'm not going, like, I can't forcibly stop you from copying what I do. Right. But I would appreciate it if you didn't, because I've been working on this for months, trying to figure out exactly how to do this, and it's been a lot of work. It's funny that an influencer this week just received it, the sign pack, the flat pack sign too. And it wasn't even from the same laser company. Wait, what? Someone got, so Brad got the DIY sign kit, but it wasn't even from the same laser company oh. that reached out to you and asked for. No. To steal your idea. But that, the funny thing is that account, I don't think, I think it had like 400 followers and I don't think they had done anything like that until March or April or something. So like people are already starting to see things I've done and try to replicate them anyway. It's such a tricky thing because it's your business. It's your, it's potential money in your pocket. So you have to be cutthroat. You have to have yeah. the desire to make the money and potentially screw over other people. But is it really worth it to screw over other people? could you make a good amount of money by not being a savage? Like you have to figure out that. So at what point do you have morals and at what point do you not to be able to succeed and grow your business and gain accounts and gain the clientele? It's tricky. I want to be helpful and I feel like I have been, but there's the question of how helpful to you do you be without feeling like a douche? <laughs> In my market, I don't, when I'm doing my meetups with my clients and walking through and getting estimates and everything together, none of them have said, oh, we had another local maker or local furniture maker or anything come out and this is the price we're giving us. They're giving us. I haven't had any of that. Like my biggest competitor right now is the Pottery Barns, the West Elms and everything. So screw them. I'm going to make my own prices. Like I don't have to worry about competing with them because my stuff is solid wood versus MDF veneer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, but that's why I don't know how I would feel if I was you having people reach out to me and take money from me basically, because those are now accounts that aren't going to reach out to you. People that aren't going to reach out to you and ask for a sign pack because they got it cheaper from somewhere else. Like there are certain things. So when I got started, I, I tried not to do things like my friend Bill from Pinpoint Creative Studios because he taught me a lot of what I did. And like I usually cleared things with him first if I was doing something that was similar. And I said, hey, I was just looking at doing this. Would you care? But it wasn't a direct copy. And now I feel like I'm getting those questions of, hey, I'm looking at making, you know, 
signs. How do you do it? Okay, like I can understand if you've been making signs, a certain thing like the finish or whatever. But if you're straight up asking me how I do the signs step by step, which I've had people ask me, how do you make a sign? Well, that's kind of a broad question. <laughs> And then I've had people approach me and ask me what my pricing is and kind of what's involved and how the process would work. And then I say, are you interested in a sign? And they say, no, I'm a sign maker too. I just wanted to know how you did everything. Like that's a really shitty thing to do. I don't know if I'd be willing to give you the information if you're upfront about it versus you being shady about it because I mean, there's no take backs once. If you're upfront about it, like, yeah, I might not tell you everything, but if you're underhanded about it and do that, that makes me want to block you and never respond anything you ask again <laughs> i think you're right that i get an abnormal amount of this my account's not that big compared to like some of these other people i don't know if it's because it's so specific like if i was more active with my cnc would i get a lot of questions about cnc stuff or what but i feel like even when people reach out to me and ask me questions about that Granted, I'm definitely no expert, but I know like the speeds and feeds for the bits I have and stuff like that. And I get random questions, but I never feel like they're stealing concepts from me or because I'm sharing that information, I'm losing business. It's just, I feel like it's more general questions they're asking versus detailed information like you get asked well people have straight up sent me posts and said i think this person copied you no one copies my stuff because i'm not that cool i mean i can't control whether they copy me or not so imitation is the highest form of flattery so clearly you're doing something right it's not like my designs of anything are like super original mm -hmm. or you know what i mean so i guess that's what makes well it there's different. things that i noticed about like so you brought up the one that was done for brad and i noticed things about it that were very very similar to what i do with one key difference which was how I assemble it versus how they assembled it. And like the way I do the assembly of stuff is cleaner for what material they were using. Because they were using like an adhesive that has to be applied that can seep out and actually like ruin the face of the acrylic. And I don't I don't do that. Mm -hmm. So there are differences like that, but by and large, like it was a it looked like a laser cut template and it looked like it was a the style where like I put the template down and put the pieces in and then you pull the template off like it all looked just like what I do which I mean if you're inspired by stuff that's fine I wouldn't say that that's really proprietary like yeah it makes it easier for me but overall like it's cool that somebody made it but at the same time it kind of strikes a nerve at times and then other times I'm like whatever and I think it just depends on the day I know that's why I think having more than like just us weigh in on this like this might have to be a web call because getting different makers and different like what their specialty is and getting their input on it I think would be valuable because it's hard not to take stuff personal if you've taken the time to create this concept and now everyone's creating the same thing. Well, it's funny because people are sending this stuff to me. I'm not finding it on my own. Yeah, it's I kind of feel like super trendy right now, like those oh, hexagon yeah. shelves. I feel like one person designed those at some point, clearly, and now, like, every person that works with wood is making hexagon shelves. Like, is that person upset that their design has been stolen, or is it fair game because it's not like it's some new innovative design that, you know, only one person can figure out? I'm sure there's different ways to like make it i've seen several different ways of making them and everything technically if it's not copyrighted or patented it's fair game so same with your flat pack concept yeah it, technically it's fair game so it's just like at what point like is it like kind of shitty to say hey i like your idea i'm gonna straight up take it that's a lot different than right. like doing it without telling me 
Yeah. So it's at what what point are you supposed to have morals? Do you ask and because I mean, say you tell this person, no, you can't steal my flat pack idea. Mm-mm. You can't stop me. Like if I still want to take that idea and run with it, I can still take that idea and run with it. Even if it was patented or trademarked or whatever, it'd still be difficult to enforce and be costly to enforce. Right. I mean, same with like, look at sports logos. That's all trademarked and everything. But how many t- how many people are making cornhole boards with logos or beer openers with logos? Which is illegal, by the way, everybody that's listening, unless you have the actual like written permission from the NFL right. or whatever. I get that at some point, mm-hmm. you know, the NFL could see you or whatever. But like, if you can make some money off of it aren't you going to take the chance to make some money off of it i personally won't but a lot you of people wouldn't do. i know you wouldn't but you don't like that's if you have the determination what's going to stop you is what i'm saying nothing you're right nothing's going to stop them which is kind of leads me back to the question of nothing's going to stop them anyway so no, i just think like it's hard i think it's hard to stay ahead of the trend and stay relative and set yourself apart to get clients to come to you versus another company so that i think that's what you have to think about like sharing too much is probably a thing absolutely but if you're still sharing but you're staying ahead of the game does it matter because there are going to be a couple steps behind you figuring out that technique when you've already nailed it and now you're learning something new bigger and better yeah like there's still things i won't give away most of it's on the design side because some of those signs are very difficult to design the layers for some are really easy just depends so that kind of stuff i'm not going to share but if somebody said you know how do you take these two shapes and join them together okay i'll tell you the tool it's not a big deal but you're right there's i think i struggle with i want to be helpful and i feel for some reason i feel bad if i don't try to answer their question but then i've answered the questions and then gotten stabbed in the back basically so I feel like with mine, like, because I'm not developing some new technique for joinery or anything like that, like, I'll tell you exactly how I'm doing stuff. And I'm sure there's a better way than the way I do things, but this is the way I did it. This is what's working for me. This is how I like to do it. Yeah. But, every, you know, every every piece that I make is a learning experience and I learn something new and try something new the next time. So I, I usually tell people that too. Like, this is how I did it, but I'm I think I'm going to do it like this next time. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like anything else, right? Because there's a thousand people probably on Etsy that are laser engraving nightlights. So like, is there anything really that I couldn't share about it? Because so many people are doing it already. That's why yours has to be more creative, more detailed. Maybe you could do instead of a two dimensional looking design in there, making it make a little bit more layered and three dimensional in your nightlight because you know cad and graphic design better than a lot of people so to be able to set yourself apart and be a little bit more creative i think will make it different and some of that stuff you can't really teach because it's just going to take a bunch of practice and time so you have that advantage there well and some things i won't share are like speeds and feeds because for one they're pretty specific to the machine you have yeah that's i was going to say that's completely different for the laser versus the cnc yeah so whatever i use if you have a boss laser, it's not going to be the same stuff. If your wattage is different, it's not going to be the same stuff. I feel like with CNC, it's no matter which one you have, it's pretty dang similar. Especially like you have this, you know, 60 degree of it, run it at such and such speeds and you should be fine. Well, and the, the issue running with lasers is because it does a lot of the work from like a production standpoint. So for me, I account for machine time and I account for like my time to clean stuff up or finish it off and i account for design time some of these people on etsy 
don't account for their design time or their machine time and they're not taking into account that the machine not only depreciates but it has consumables on it that will roll like they'll wear out and have to be replaced and these people are selling something for 20 bucks where the materials cost 15 and they have like the etsy fees are going to be the other five bucks so where are you making money I don't understand why people do that. Like, why would you not want to make money if you can make money? I don't know. Like, I've seen some of the nightlights go for like 20 bucks. Like, how are you making money on that? You know, I glance at Facebook Marketplace or whatever and kind of see what's going on. I sent you one the other day where I was like, how is this guy selling this end table for... Yeah, it was ridiculous. He lost money on it, essentially, because it was steel and wood. Granted, the wood wasn't like a high-end wood, but the amount of steel he used it and then... The time that it took for you to weld that and fabricate mm-hmm. it and then sand that wood down and finish it and everything, you lost money on it. I don't understand why people are doing that. And it's ruining the market for everyone else that's trying to make it and grow and turn this full time and everything. But it's not like you can just message them and say, like, hey, you suck because you're undercutting everyone else. But I just I don't know why you would want to work so hard at something and make negative money off of it my only thinking is that they're not accounting for their time and as long as what they're making is paying for the tools that they want to have they don't care because that's how i was like way back in the beginning and then i started to realize that you know i i can't do this to other people and i would want to make money off of this too so i'm gonna go that route and now i'm facing the people that are undercutting the crap out of me and i think even lizzie had one where somebody took photos of lizzie's work post them on facebook marketplace saying i can make these for 125 dollars and was basically showing what lizzie made as something she could do for 125 bucks for one i would never make that for 125 dollars because the material for me would be more expensive because it's like it was like walnut and crap and then you have all the time it's going to take you to cut it and then sand it and paint it and finish it and assemble it and ship it and all the other stuff you are making zero money and you're ripping off lizzie completely 100 percent. like you're using people's work that's not yours Mm -hmm. and claiming it as your because nobody on facebook is going to question that you didn't make that Unless they know right. for a fact somebody else made it and saw it. Right. I feel like that sucks too because like a lot of these sign makers and stuff have to pose with their work in order for it to not get stolen yeah. because they could say, hey, that's me in that photo mm-hmm. because it's either a bot account or another maker saying like, oh, that I can make this. This is work. Like, I guess that's the new watermark is you holding your work and inserting yourself in it so it doesn't get even just have the images stolen. I think I'm going to start putting like my business card next to it when I take a picture or like my sticker next to it when I take a picture because I don't, well, personally, I don't like to be photographed with my sign at all because, I mean, I don't want to take away from the sign itself. It's tr- You are very distracting. So we didn't say it a good <laughs> way. The... <laughs> but I think having having more stuff in the picture distracts you. So having a person in the picture with your sign is distracting period so i want the sign to be by itself but how do you like you said how do you watermark it and protect it the only thing i can think of is putting something with your logo like in the picture with it that doesn't intrude on the actual sign and isn't overpowering it but it's subtle enough that you can prove it's your work afterwards and i hadn't really thought about this until hers just got straight up stolen 
it's so tricky because it's like you want you want to be there for the community you, you want to help out you want to give tips i feel like it's a little bit different i guess this is where it's different when it's someone that will benefit and grow and learn and return the favor from the advice you've given them versus just steal it and run with it and not help others in the future i've had both but you know like i guess if you're paying it forward you know what i mean and then they pay it forward that makes it completely different well and i've had people that just ask me questions about buying laser machines and want to talk about it and then they'll like send me something as a thank you and then i've had people that just want to straight up steal my work so you get the whole gambit of i get i get a lot of like you know what tool do you have why did you buy it would you buy it again it's like everything i've bought is for like financial reason like it's good enough for my price like it's not and i'm not sponsored so oh, well most of my garage is bought used i'll tell you but it's just so like that one's weird to me when people i guess ask for advice because it's more like go test you got to test stuff out for yourself too don't just take my word for it that's where i think it you can't be solely dependent on one person's advice and tips and tricks. Like you also have to do stuff on your own to figure out if it works for you. And if you like it. Well, we've had people before that say, what do you use for this? And you tell them, okay, I need to go buy some right now. Like that was no, (laughs) like that was not the intent of what I meant. (sighs) So for everybody that's out there, we are not sponsored by anybody. We just use products that we like to use. And if we don't like to use them, we stop using them. There's, yes, bandwagon products. Um, this, yes, like you can ask for my help. Ask what I like to use, what I prefer. I've tried sandpaper for one. I've tried several different brands. I have found a brand that I really like. I'm and there's on my brands like, fourth that I brand now. Yeah, there's ba- brands I will not go back to anymore. We're on... I. You use a different company than I, but you don't use an Orbold standard like very often, so that's different. No, but the one I use actually is good for me. I don't care. We're not sponsored. I don't. I prefer not to use Gator. I think it's not very good. I've tried. I use Tiger. I use Tiger Shark sandpaper. I like it. I've had good luck. Their customer service is also great. I've used Clingspore now. I don't have. I guess I can get it online, but same with Tiger Shark. But yeah. I just haven't tried it yet. But I had to do trial and error to figure out that I didn't like Gator and that I liked other stuff and that there's nicer stuff out there. So it's funny to me, like, everyone that's on this bandwagon of Gator's the best, and then you ask, well, have you tried such and such? And they say no. And I'm like, well, you may- like, maybe you should. No, that's okay. I'm not going to. It's like, Trust me, try something different. You're going to be amazed what your finish actually looks like when you use a higher quality product. I've tried, I think, at least four different sandpaper companies at this point, which I've tried Gator. I had 3M for a long time, and then I have, I've used Clingspore now. There's still ones from Clingspore I want to try that could potentially replace the ones I use for signs, but I'm not going to say that. I will use it until I actually try it. And then there's... I forget the other one. There's another one. But I can't remember the name. But I have not. I'll. I have not tried the tiger shark one. Probably the Diablo too. It works great for me. But I think like I also had to try a bunch of stuff and figure it out for myself. And I think that other people should do that as well, instead of just taking one person's word for it or anything I like that. I agree with that. Because I've been through 
four CA glue companies. But that's making like a bunch of trial and error to figure stuff mm-hmm. out for yourself. And I get reaching out and asking for help for tips, tricks, help, and everything, and that's what we're here for. That's what I know a lot of the people in our tribe are here for. But don't, like, one person's word is not everything. Correct. Especially one person's influencer word is not everything. Because you have to, there's some people in the community that have huge accounts, but don't push the influencer stuff, like Mark Spagnuolo. Right. And I... Like him, he's one that I can listen to what he says, form my own opinion from that, and I don't feel like he's shoving something down my throat. Now, there's other people that every single day is a sponsored post or an ad or whatever. I'm like, I cannot follow this person anymore. Unfollow. Right. Because they're tagging the company, they're wearing their, they're wearing their shirt, they're saying this is the best thing ever, and it's not. Like... A lot of this could lead us for like down a whole rabbit hole right here. Next episode. But yeah, <laughs> I just, I think we've said it before. Like a lot of the, these influencers are getting paid by this company. They're going to say it's the best ever. Don't reach out to an account that has a hundred thousand followers that are saying this product's amazing. Reach out to the smaller accounts that, you know, they have 500 to 2000 followers. Ask what they're using mm-hmm. see if they like that yeah. because you're going to get a more accurate description of that product. Because they're not getting paid. They're buying that product themselves. Yeah. There's very few things that I've quote unquote gotten for free. And I wouldn't say that they were free because I did work, I think, for every... Um, I think there's only one actual thing I've gotten completely for free. The rest have been trades. Like I've made signs or magnets or whatever in exchange for tools or supplies or whatever I might have needed and it was things I wanted to try and I just approached them with a trade offer to the marketing team and I just said like I I mean instead of posting it I would do the work and provide the ROI for like so basically like I'm paying for it with work instead of paying for it with money mm-hmm. and sometimes that works with companies and they're fine with that but if I try it and I hate it like I'm not gonna share it a lot or post about it right but there's things like I have that I got because people that we talk with all the time that are less than 5,000 followers, less than 10,000 followers, whatever, they use, they swear by, and they liked, and I checked it out myself, and I did my own research, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll try that. But I, in the past, I used to do the, oh, such and such is so great, you should try it. And then I'd be like, oh, yeah, maybe I should. And then I'm like, that was stupid. <laughs> Form your own opinion. And I agree with you that you need to ask the people that have smaller accounts that are not technically influencers because they'll give you their real opinions. Yeah, when you're spending your own money on a product, you're definitely going to tell someone how you feel about that. Like, oh, I just threw my money in the garbage on this product or like this was the best money I spent and I will buy that product. I have thrown stuff out because I couldn't use it anymore. It yeah, just got so frustrating. I pitched it. It's painful, but live and learn. Yeah. So I think that about does it. If people are going to be at AWFS and want to hang out, let us know. At least Friday and Saturday. I should be there. I'll be there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, question mark on Saturday. And if you want to help support, there's the swag packs on the website makervisionpodcast.com anything else that you want to cover is that your stomach yes it is (laughs) 
It's time to go. It is. Stomachs are growling. Breakfast time. Uh, Slash lunch. That's it. It is getting, it's late for us. Mm-hmm. All right. Until, until next time. All right. See you later. If, if there is a next time. Yeah, we'll see. Pending. <laughs> Episode 53 pending. All right. I'll see you later. Alrighty. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, head to www.makervisionpodcast.com where you can purchase merchandise or donate. You'll also be able to join the email list to stay up to date with the podcast. Find us on Instagram at Maker Vision Podcast or join the Facebook group Maker Vision Tribe.